in Australia and uh, other parts of the world. So on the count of three, if you would say uh, morning Zoomers. One, two, three. Morning, morning Zoomers. Hallelujah. Welcome. Lovely to have each and every one of you with us this morning. I'm just going to take that up for a fraction. Praise God. You know, I was waiting upon the Lord thinking, Lord, what is it that you want me to share? And I just became increasingly aware of the fact that we need to look at the, the, the reasons why we need to speak in tongues. And that's what God dropped in my, in my spirit. And so we're going to be looking at, at some of the reasons that, and what happens when we actually speak in tongues. And it, it, it is a very controversial thing because it is such a powerful thing. As we'll see and, and, and go through the, the, the teaching this morning, uh, you'll see what a, a great thing uh, begins to transpire uh, as we look at the scriptures. But uh, first of all, I, I want to try and motivate you into, into praying in the Spirit. And some of the reasons that we will delve into a, a little deeper as we go through this morning, uh, I, I will share with you. But let's just ask God's blessing upon the Word of God this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you and recognize that you alone have the words of eternal life. We pray, Lord, that you would just quieten everything in the spirit, that our hearts and our minds would be sensitive to the word of God, that we would honor the scriptures, that we'd, uh, Lord, be sensitive and open to the teaching of the word of God. I pray that you would speak to us and minister to us, that you would encourage us this morning as we go through, uh, Lord, and look at the Word of God. So I pray that you would bless each and every one of us. Lord, thank you so much for Sherry and Alton and, and Selena joining us. It's wonderful to have Darwin up and, Lord, all our friends on, on Zoom. Uh, Lord, we thank you for each and every person that's listening to this teaching today. So we pray your blessing. And in your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to look at a couple of things that are really important. I think praying in tongues is one way that we can deepen our relationship with God. And if for no other reason, that should be something that we should really treasure and, and really pursue God in, in speaking of tongues because it deepens our relationship with God. And I, I think that everybody here wants that. It also gives us peace. It reveals mystery to us. It grants us wisdom and direction when you don't know what to do. Pray in tongues and God will reveal it to you. It gives us power and anointing and brings breakthrough and joy. In fact, Romans 14, 17 says, uh, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so when we're moving in the Holy Ghost, there's righteousness, peace, and joy. It's a wonderful place to be in our Christian walk as we begin to uh, speak in tongues. And so the Holy Ghost brings us into this deeper relationship, brings breakthrough and joy into us. Um, but it also does more than that. It builds us up. It strengthens us. And it gives us rest in times of trouble. It brings refreshing to our hearts when we dry as a bone. Ever been dry? Ever been in, in a place where you think, Oh God, what an has been happening to me? That's the time we to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues because it's the promise refreshing as we'll see. It's the time that God will restore and renew us when we get to that place where we are dry. Um, so it builds us up, it refreshes us, makes us uh, uh, fit in, in the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues also makes us spirit conscious. I'm going to say a little bit more about that when we get to the end. But I think it's really a, a wonderful thing that we need to focus on. If praying in tongues makes us spirit conscious, 
then we ought to spend a lot of time getting close to the Holy Ghost by praying in tongues. And so, really, the blessing of the Holy Spirit is an incredible thing. It's something that will change and even revolutionize our lives if we let it. You know, James 4, 7, no, 4 8 says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. How many want more of God in your life? Can you say amen? Oh, yes. Amen. So He says, okay, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. One of the ways that we can draw near to God is by praying in the Spirit. As we pray in tongues, we draw near to God and we have fellowship and communion with the Lord. And so I want to share a testimony just by way of motivation for you. Just before we get into the teaching this morning, I want you to just hear this, uh, this story. About, how many of you know Dave Robson? Robson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know how he started out in ministry? Yeah. You know, it was quite an amazing thing. Um, he, he was working in a, in a mill and... Um, uh, just doing a, a normal, regular job, and he was really frustrated. He was hungry for the things of God, and he really w- was crying. And he said, "God, I, this is just not. There's something missing in my Christian walk. There's something I'm just not satisfied." And so, eventually, in desperation, he said, "God, I can't go on like this." And so, he resigned from his job at the mill. And uh, effectively, he put himself into ministry, except that he had no church, no place to speak, and nothing was happening in his life. And so the, the next morning, uh, Monday morning, when he'd made that decision and the, the, the mill siren went off, he decided, well, the, the only thing I can do now that I don't have a job in the mill is I'm going down to the church. And he locked himself in an 8 by 10 prayer closet. And he thought, well, I'm just going to pray. The hours I would work at the, at the sawmill, I'm going to pray and, and, and seek God. And so for eight hours, constantly he prayed and sought God. You know, I, I, I've done that. And, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's not easy to do, you know. It, it, it takes commitment and dedication. Eight hours solidly he seeks God. The, 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 the mill alarm went. The next day, he was back there. He went there for the first week. The first uh, fortnight, eight hours a day, and he's praying in the Spirit. The first month goes by. Then another month goes by. And the third month goes by, and nothing has happened. How many say that takes an incredible amount of dedication and commitment, especially when nothing's happening? And, you know, he was praying, and he's saying, God, what's going on? And suddenly uh, there was a knock at the, at the, the prayer closet where he was locked himself in alone with God. And it was a lady who invited him to a Methodist meeting. And she said, please, would, would you like it? He was so overjoyed to see another human being after three months in, in almost solitary confinement just seeking God. He was delighted to go to this meeting. So he goes there and they get there a little bit late. And the, it, it, the, the minister's droning on in some very high-flown uh, uh, intellectual kind of uh, dispensation of the Word of God. And he's sitting there getting as bored as can be. And he's sort of playing with, with his water cup. And he's just watching the ripples because, you know, he's not really interested at all with what's going, what's being said. You know, the great architect of the universe and da da da, da. You know, and he's looking at it. Oh. And all of a sudden, he sees a vision. And he sees, uh, he sees a, a skeletal outline with, uh, with this lady's hip that was sitting next to him. And there was a black spot in it. And... Um, 
you know, he, he thought, oh, that's strange, and he sort of blinked his eyes and looked around to see if anybody else had seen the, uh, the, this vision, and nobody seemed to be has seen anything. And so he went over to, the, to this lady next to him and he said, excuse me, now bear in mind this is a very traditional mainline church, and he, he leant over and said, excuse me, do, do you mind if I pray for you? Are you having trouble with your hip? He said, yes, Sonny, I am. You know, he said, no, you can pray. So he jumps down while this minister is, is preaching in, 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 in a very mainline church. He jumps down onto his knees and he starts pulling this lady's legs. Well, you can imagine what the minister was thinking, man. What's going on here? So he, he jumps down and goes in the pulpit. He's about to stop everything that, that's happening. And, and Dave Robinson says, uh, he pulls on her legs and says, be healed in the name of Jesus. Just as the minister came up and saw her, her legs grow out because they were very different lengths. And he said, God doesn't, God doesn't, God, 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 God doesn't. And, and she jumped up and grabbed her walking stick and started poking the minister. God doesn't do what? What do you think of this now? What do you think of this? And, and she was remarkably and amazingly healed. You know, and, 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 and at the same time, you know, Dave's absolutely blown away. But then he gets another vision. And there's a guy, he sees in, in the crowd, he has something wrong with his shoulder. And so he starts, now this is a very traditional mainline church. And so he starts to, to walk towards this guy, and this guy notices he, he's, he's locked in, and he starts to back away. He's really nervous. But Dave was quicker than he was, and he said, there's something wrong with your shoulder. And the guy's backing away, and Dave grabs his arm, yanks it up, and God miraculously instantly heals that shoulder. Oh. Absolutely incredible. Signs and wonders started to flow into his ministry. And you know, uh, he, he, by his own testimony, he was telling about this one time uh, he, he went to India. And after he'd been praying, because he, he began to realize that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're fellowshipping with God. And when you fellowship with God, amazing things can happen. How many can say amen? amen. And so he goes to India, and on one particular night, they, they're holding this big crusade. And 5,000 people get their, their teeth supernaturally filled with silver and gold. They hadn't seen anything like that. Silver and gold. And they were coming up and testifying and, and, and they had these big smiling faces with gold and silver fillings in their teeth. And so they, they preached the gospel. And you know that same night, 200,000 Hindus gave their life to Christ. Signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. Jesus said in, in Mark 16, 17, he said, in my name, uh, these signs shall follow them that believe. In, in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Uh, they, they shall take up serpents. And uh, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I think that's exciting. 200,000 Hindus coming to Christ because of signs and wonders that God did. These amazing miracles open the hearts to these people saying, this, this really must be God. But I, I wonder if you noticed, as we read Mark 16 and 17, did you notice that between casting out devils and healing the sick was praying in tongues? Praying in tongues is the supernatural link to miracles and the power of God. Praying in tongues is the link between uh, the, 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 the miraculous and the flow of God. Jesus said, if you speak in tongues, these signs will follow you. 
In other words, miracles will follow the believer if you speak in tongues. I'm not saying that. Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, the Almighty, He said these signs will follow them that believe. And so, it, it really is. The power of God must be revealed around every believer. That should challenge you and I. Because signs and wonders ought to be following us. Jesus said that. The question could be asked that if signs and wonders are not following you, do you really believe or do you really need to pray in tongues more? You know, the glory of God is revealed through signs and wonders. That's why 200,000 Hindus came to Christ in one night because of signs and wonders, because of miracles. The glory of God is revealed through signs and wonders and signs and wonders follow them that believe and speak in tongues. I want to challenge you this morning to, to really have a look at your life and say, Lord, I need to step up my game. I need to be producing signs and wonders. Would it be all right for me to say that to you? Yes. I love you. Praise God. You see, it's really important. These signs shall follow them that believe. The quest, okay, so there's a very important principle that I want to lay down for you. And it's found in Matthew 18, 16. And in Matthew 18, 16, we find this principle about things being established. It says, in the mouths of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. In the mouths of two or three witnesses, everything should be established. Let me just say to you that speaking in tongues is the evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if you are not speaking in tongues, you haven't had the second blessing of salvation. Salvation, you get a measure of the Spirit. But when you get, when you get uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a second blessing and it becomes a river of life that's within you. And, so, and that is evidenced by the fact that you speak in tongues. If you haven't had uh, the, the evidence of speaking in tongues in your life, then you are not baptized with the Holy Spirit. You say, how can I say that? Well, if you look at the book of Acts, the book of Acts, there are five cases that cite the speaking uh, of tongues with the evidence of speaking, uh, so the evidence of speaking in tongues. Five, five examples of being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of the Holy Spirit. And you can find them in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. Uh, those are five uh, chapters that deal with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you know four out of five of those examples of people that are filled with the Holy Spirit are, speak, are tongue talkers. They are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now how many things, how many signs or, or witnesses do you need a thing to be established? Two or three. Here in the book of Acts, you have four out of five examples of when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, they actually speak in tongues. And so that's why Pentecostals say that is the evidence that you are uh, spirit baptized is because you speak in tongues. So, again, let everything be established in the mouths of two or three men. Why am I telling you this? I want to encourage you to pray more in the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues releases the power of God. How many would like to see the power of God packing this church out? How many would like to see a revival coming? I believe that we need to spend more time praying in the Holy Spirit if we want revival to come. Because praying in the Holy Spirit is praying in the Holy Ghost. And we need to do that. Hallelujah. So, I want you to see a connection. See if you see the connection that I see here. Uh, 
Uh, I see a connection between praying in tongues and the power of the Holy Spirit being released. Do you remember what it says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8? But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the other, the uttermost parts of the world. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Do you see the connection between power and, and the Holy Ghost? And I think that, 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 that as it was in the Great Commission, uh, when Jesus said, uh, you know, these signs will follow them that believe, tongues or the Holy Spirit is the connection between miracles. And here again, we see the connection between miracles. Vines, Dr. Vine points out that word power uh, in, in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power, is the Greek word dunamis. We've looked at it many times. But it means the miracle working power of God. And so you could translate Acts, Acts 1.8 like this, that the miracle working power of God shall I come, come upon you when you receive the Holy Ghost. That's why these signs follow us. Because the miracle working power of God is upon the believer. Signs and wonders follow the believer, Jesus said. That's the word of the Savior. So, again, I see this correlation between power, miracles, if you like, and the Holy Ghost. Will Satan from you? Oh, absolutely. He, he contests this, and we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Okay. Hallelujah. If I could ask you to hold your questions to the end because we've got people on, online, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. So we deduce then that miracles and the power to witness come from praying in tongues. Okay? So I would like you to do something for me. I'd like you to examine your life now as, as we're speaking. Consider how many miracles you've been involved in and how many people you witnessed to. And then ask yourself, how much time do you devote to praying in tongues? I think there is a correlation. I think when we pray in tongues, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. God ignites our human spirits so that we are empowered. And then we go out and we start to witness and we start to see signs and wonders taking place. Amen? Amen. And I think we need to spend that time and recognize that, hey, maybe I haven't been producing miracles. Jesus said, these signs will follow them. That believe, who speak in tongues, and so we need to be we need to be a tongue talking people, and we need to be actually moving in that power. So, I think one of the weaknesses in some Christians' lives, and indeed some churches, is the amount of time they dedicate to praying in tongues. Would you agree with that? I certainly believe that that's true. I want to share another example about how tongues uh, is, releases the miracle-working power of God and, and gives us the ability to witness us. Reading this account of this uh, young Christian man who was witnessing to a Jewish man. And uh, the Jewish man was rather aloof and looked down on the Christian and uh, was not really interested because he was saying that Jesus is the Messiah, is the, the, uh, the, their, their God. And he really wasn't interested. And they had this long debate. In fact, it went on for three hours. And this poor Christian guy was getting exasperated because he was getting absolutely nowhere. And so he, he said to the guy, he said, um, perhaps we could pray and ask God to speak to us. Smart move. So the, the Jewish guy uh, decided that, yeah, that, that would be a good idea because this witnessing is going there. And because it was Friday, the, the Jewish man prayed about Shabbat. 
And so he, he said his prayers, and, and then it was the, the Christian's turn to pray. And he started to pray for this man. And while he was praying, uh, the Holy Spirit broke into, his name was Dave, broke into Dave's thoughts and said, you need to be bold and you need to pray out in the Holy Ghost. So he said, okay, Lord. And, and he began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And as he began to speak in tongues, like a glory came down in, uh, between over these two people. And the anointing of God was so thick, it was tangible. It was just amazing. He said, I've never experienced uh, the power and the glory of God like that. And there was just such an anointing as he was speaking in tongues. And he opened his eyes just to peek at that, how, what the Jewish guy was thinking. And the Jewish guy's mouth was hanging wide open. And, and so he, he was praying and eventually the Holy Spirit said to him okay that's enough Dave you can stop now so uh, as soon as he stopped praying he said, he said amen and this Jewish man was flabbergasted he said do you know what you said he said no I, I have no idea and said, this is what I've been trying to tell you this is the Holy Spirit praying through me he said, you were speaking a very uh, rare dialect, old Hebrew, that is used by the, the oldest um, uh, rabbis, in, in, and, and, and they pray this old Hebrew only when they're praying to God. And you were praying that. And suddenly this man's whole demeanor changed from being really a, a, opposed to the gospel and opposed to, to this message. And he said, I, I want you to show me how I can get close to God. And so through the, through the mighty demonstration of, of the supernatural sign of praying in tongues, this man's heart was suddenly changed and he was open to receive the gospel. Isn't that what we've just read? You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and to the unkingdom. And so it was the praying in tongues that produced that, that supernatural sign that softened this man's heart and uh, he was able to present the gospel. Isn't that amazing? I tell you, that praying in tongues is something we need to stir up within us. I think it's something that, that will excite our spirit if we will, will commit to it. Did you know that uh, praying in tongues is an ancient promise? Did you know it's actually a fulfillment of biblical prophecy? And we find it, uh, it, it, it really is a part of God's plan for our lives. We find it in the, in the book of Isaiah. And uh, we can, we, I wanted to just make some cursory remarks about the book of Isaiah because it's really interesting. Um, because the, the book of Isaiah was written uh, in the 8th century before Christ. So that's nearly, what, some 3,000 years ago the book of Isaiah was written. And he has this amazing message. About a thousand years after the book of Isaiah was written, uh, a, a great man, St. Augustine, uh, actually read it and said, you know, he came up with that, that famous quote that we use so often, that the, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And so he was the first to say it. And he discovered a truth that every great doctrine uh, in the New Testament has its roots in the Old Testament. That's how you know that, that, that Christianity is, is, is really derived from Judaism because all our doctrines come out of the Old Testament. And it's really important. So, what did Isaiah say that was so remarkable nearly 3,000 years ago? Let me read it to you. Isaiah 28, verses 9 through 12. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And to whom shall he make understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, 
precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Now listen, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit found in Isaiah. With, with stammering lips and other tongues will he speak to this people whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Isn't that amazing? Isaiah says, there's a, there's, a, there's a blessing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit where the people are going to speak in other tongues and they're going to minister uh, God unto them and yet people won't listen. They won't listen. You know, Isaiah says they will not hear. There are people that don't understand and you can't tell them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they won't listen. The exact fulfillment of, of Isaiah's prophecy has been fulfilled today. And it staggers me that nearly 2,000 years after the Pentecostal revival and the birth of the early church, there are still some people and some denominations who say that, that speaking in tongues is of the devil. It staggers me, you know. Uh, the people that say such things have one thing in common. They don't produce miracles. There are no miracles amongst those who don't, don't speak in tongues. You know, people will say to you, man, I want, I want the power of God. I want the anointing of God. I want to move in the miraculous. But it's the tongues things that, that I don't want. It's of the devil. Well, you know, I lived for the devil for many years before I got saved. I lived with my girlfriend. I got drunk. I hung around with guys who were doing dope and doing all sorts of things many years ago, guys. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it was an amazing thing. But, you know, one thing I noticed, that we, we were living for the devil and doing all, all the work of the devil, but not one of us ever spoke in tongues. You know, people... Say it's of the devil, man. The devil's children don't do that. This is a remarkable prophecy in, in Isaiah. Okay, And uh, it's not only remarkable because of what, what it's revealed, that this is the, the mighty blessing of the Holy Spirit, but also where it's placed in the scriptures, in the book of Isaiah itself. In fact, uh, if, if you uh, look at the, the chapters of Isaiah between uh, chapters 24 through chapters 28, that little section of, of uh, scripture is sometimes called the little apocalypse. Because within that four chapters uh, of scripture, you find that it covers the end time events, the great tribulation, world judgments. And, uh, you know, it, it's the destruction of the Gentile powers, the millennium, the binding of, uh, of Satan, and all found in those four chapters of Isaiah. And that's why it's called the little apocalypse. And so, uh, if you think about that, the first time you hear about that, it can be quite intimidating. How many would agree? And the first time you ever hear about the, the, you know, world destruction and, and all the rest of it, uh, it, it's quite intimidating. And so God comforts the, the, pe the people of Israel with this prophecy. Uh, there's the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Uh, it's the great encouragement, this tremendous blessing, this re promise of refreshing that the people of God may be able to cope as they go through all this. And it's there in Isaiah. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. It's interesting. If you look at the Apostle Paul and his commentary uh, on this particular verse, you'll see that uh, he says in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 21. 
He says, in the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. So he is quoting Isaiah 28, verses 11 and 12. And he says, and Paul's explanation of this is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit referred to in this prophecy in Isaiah are, are foretelling the outpouring of the, the gift of tongues to the New Testament church. Absolutely amazing. So, the first thing that Christ does at the birth of the church, at Pentecost, is he gives them the ability to commune with him with stammering lips and other tongues. You know, that is our hotline to heaven. President Biden, um, we we won't say too much about him, but one of the things that uh, he has is on, on his desk in the Oval Office, there is a telephone. And it has a number of dedicated lines uh, that are connected directly to every world leader. And each world leader has a number, and all he has to do is press the number uh, assigned to that world leader. And so he can talk directly to President Putin, press one. And he has a hotline straight through to the Kremlin. It's a hotline uh, to a world leader. Did you know that praying in tongues is our hotline to heaven? Our hotline to speak directly unto the Lord. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 14 2? It says, He that speaketh in, in, in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men, but unto God. When you pray in tongues, you're speaking directly to your Heavenly Father. Now that should be something we should desire. That should be something we, we are pursuing. And really, because we're having intimate communion and fellowship with the Father. There's, there's an intimacy uh, with the Almighty that is born of time spent in praying in the Spirit. And our relationship begins to develop. It's one of the best ways that we can pray is when we pray in tongues. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, I'm preaching better than that, surely. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, let, let me look at it again. Isaiah 28, 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. How many of you are hungry for the Lord? Pray in tongues. You know, if you will hear that, God's going to excite and ignite your spirit so that you will will grow in the Lord. It is this is the rest that we shall have from the Lord. You know, just recently there's been a tremendous amount of research uh, done in neuroscience. Uh, and, and especially in the area uh, of speaking in tongues. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about what Dr. Andrew Newberg has found. He's an incredibly bright man. Uh, he actually has a, a degree in uh, nuclear biology, uh, nuclear medicine, I beg your pardon, and another degree in nuclear cardiology. So a reasonably bright champ, you know. And uh, he, he works at the Department of Pennsylvania, the, uni- the neuroscience department in, in the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, and Dr. Andrew Newberg, you can, you can Google him on YouTube and find out everything that I'm saying here. 
He says that, that, that as they began to uh, examine this whole aspect of what praying in tongues does and if there's any, any evidence that anything happens when you pray in tongues, um, he discovered some amazing things. They put people in CAT scans and, and they, they discovered that, uh, that you know, normally the frontal lobe, the front part of the brain is where all speech takes place. So all my thoughts are, are, are originating in the brain um, and the front part of my brain and are connected to my, my speech centers and whatever I think up here I'm saying out, out and it's a microsecond. And when they, when they put people into the, uh, the CAT scan, uh, they, they noticed, they asked them to pray in English. And as they prayed in English, they, they saw, the, you know how they have those graphs and those pictures of the brain, and the, the different colors of the, the, the brain were lighting up. And they saw that when you pray in English, the, the frontal lobe uh, was very active. It was, uh, it was firing, and many different colors were, were taking place to show that something was really happening in the front part of the brain, the frontal lobe, uh, because that is the speech center of the human being. Then they asked those same subjects to pray in the Spirit. And you know, the amazing thing was, when they began to pray in the Spirit, uh, the spirit immediately the frontal lobe closed out, and there was no activity whatsoever in the frontal lobe, in the speech section. And so they, they were looking at this, and they think, wow, that, that's quite amazing, you know. Um, so the frontal lobe controls speech, but when they pray in the Spirit, it was dormant. It was at Rest. Rest. That's probably that's what, what the, the Bible is saying. Because our spirit is praying. It's not coming from our intellect. It's not us speaking. It's the Holy Spirit. And it says in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14. For I, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. And this showed up on, on, on the CAT scan. The, the brain activity in the frontal lobe was at rest. Because they, they weren't praying from their brain, they were praying from their spirit. Yeah. And it was just an amazing thing. So I think if, if Paul had been a neuroscientist, he would have written the verses where, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my frontal lobe is unfruitful or dormant. <laughs> it's at rest. We can switch our brains off and rest when we pray in the spirit. But please, don't forget to switch it back on. Some of you have been permanently disconnected for a while. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'll take that back. <laughs> but you know, when I find myself, as I'm sure you do too, when you find yourself in, in difficult circumstances and you really can't cope, you're feeling overwhelmed, one of the best things we can do is pray in tongues. And as you pray in tongues, if you pray long enough, if you pray through... Some people pray for five minutes and they say, well, I prayed in tongues and nothing happened. You know? Pray in tongues until you pray through. If you will pray through, there will come a rest to your spirit and you'll, you'll be able to deal with everything that was overwhelming you. That's been my personal experience. When we pray in, in tongues, we find a rest for our spirits. Another reason we should pray in tongues is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4. It says, this, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. The word edify is a construction term, and it literally means to, to build or to strengthen. 
Okay, so for me, that's the idea of reinforcing something, building it bigger and better. That, that's kind of the idea that I, I get from uh, edifying. And I've shared this particular uh, illustration before, but it's so well worth hearing a second time. Uh, Dr. Carl Pearson, uh, Peterson, I should say, um, is an MD and neuroscientist uh, a spe- who specializes in the brain. And he, he conducted a study in Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. And he did, he did the research into uh, the, what happens in the brain and speaking in tongues. As I said, they, they're really starting to examine this with all high-powered technology these days. And he found that when we pray in the Spirit or worship in the Spirit, that the brain releases two chemicals that go directly to your immune system. The incredible thing was that these two chemicals boost our immune system by 35 to 40%. That is an amazing increase. You, it's, you have been built up. When you pray in the Spirit, your brain releases these two chemicals they've discovered that promotes healing and strength in our bodies. It edifies us just as the Bible says. Neuroscientists can now say, hey, the Bible is correct. They're catching up. Amazingly, the production of these two chemicals are triggered by a part of a brain that apparently has no other function in human beings. And it is only activated when we pray or worship in the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We are strengthened. Our immune system is strengthened by 35 to 40% as we pray in the Holy Spirit. That word edify is actually an old English word. Technically, it means to build an edifice, to build something up, to build it higher and higher. I suppose if you were looking for a modern equivalent of how to say that, uh, you you might say uh, it would be uh, somebody who charges themselves with energy, just like you would charge a battery. When I pray in tongues, I charge my spirit with energy. I build myself up. Just like my cell phone, you know, it needs to be recharged from time to time. And, and you know, it's it, it really important because if I don't recharge it, it becomes flat and inoperative. It ceases to function. That, that, what an analogy. Think about how much time you're praying in the spirit. Are, are your batteries spiritually flat? <laughs> so, you know... Sometimes when, when I, I'm in a hurry, and I suppose you've done the same thing too, you know, you, you want to make a phone call, so you, you, your, your phone's dead. You plug it in and, and you start working on your phone and, and you, you're terribly making phone calls. How many know when you do it that way, it takes a hang of a long time to charge your phone? Yeah. You know, it takes forever. The best way to charge your phone is to unplug it and leave it entirely, uh, uh, don't have anything to do with it, just leave it plugged into to the power supply and it recharges that phone. I see a parallel. I think sometimes we need to shut everything down in our lives, turn everything off, and get alone with God and pray in tongues. When things are not working right in your life, when things are going really difficult, shut everything down, get alone with God, and pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost, and you'll be recharged. You know, after a long day uh, at work, I come back and, you know, uh, it's like I, I have a nice meal. Fee makes me a lovely meal. Good night, good night. Uh, a lovely meal. And uh, I sit down and I rest. And, uh, you know, that, that recharges my, my physical being. 
But you know, the, the, I, I'm a body, a soul, and a spirit. And sometimes my spirit is tired. And so I can rest my body with good food and, and uh, a time of relaxation. But to, I need my spirit to rest too. And the best way that we can do that is to pray in tongues. Isaiah said, this is the rest. And so as we pray in tongues, not only is our physical body resting, but our spirit begins to rest also. It becomes a very powerful thing. Our inner man is charged as we pray in tongues. You know, Jude was on to this. And he, uh, in Jude chapter 1 and verse 20, he said, But ye, beloved, building yourselves up upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude understood that the way that you get spiritually charged, get excited for the Lord, is the amount of time you spend praying in tongues. Hallelujah. I look at Paul. I think Paul is one of the outstanding apostles. And, you know, the things that Paul endured, you know, how he was beaten, how he was stoned, how he was rejected, how he was thrown into prison, how, uh, all the things that he endured. How did that man manage to keep going? How did he endure? Where did his strength come from? Well, I believe that his own testimony begins to, to show us the answer. In 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he said, But I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. I believe that that's one of the reasons that Paul was able to endure the massive things that were going wrong in his life was because he was a tongue talker. Can you say amen? Amen. Again, let me just... Uh, share Isaiah 28 11 again for with stammering lips and other tongues he will speak to his people and he said this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing so take time get away get alone with God and just pray in tongues to recharge your spiritual man. it is the rest and the refreshing that you need you know you can have some people pray for you and that's wonderful and sometimes it works how many know you've had people pray for you and you feel just the same afterwards as, as before? But God says that this is the rest. This is the refreshing that God has promised. You know, in, in um, 2006, November 7th, you can look it up, there's, uh, the Times, a newspaper of New York, actually wrote an article, uh, again, of neuroscientists. I said there's a lot of research going into this. And uh, these uh, neuroscientists in Britain... Um, we're actually conducting an experiment with a thousand Pentecostals who spoke in tongues. And um, so, uh, and this New York Times article was uh, telling people about what was happening. And without going into too much detail, the conclusion that these neuroscientists came to uh, with, uh, with these thousand Pentecostal peoples, uh, they said, those who speak in tongues regularly and consistently have fewer mental disorders than those who do not speak in tongues. They're saying you are healthier mentally if you speak in tongues. Isn't, isn't it typical that the devil says, if you're a tongue talker, you're mad, you've got a couple of screws loose. <laughs> but science says, hey, you'll have fewer mental problems. And that was the, the neuroscientist's conclusion. So there's healing that takes place when we pray in the spirit, when we speak in tongues. Paul was built up and he was strengthened. He endured so much because he spoke in tongues. It is the rest and the refreshing that God promised. It's our hotline to heaven when we speak directly to God. Never underestimate this wonderful blessing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It can change 
your life. I said to you in the beginning that praying in tongues will make you spirit conscious. It draws us close to God. I want to say to you, I believe that's one of the most powerful ways, the most powerful way that we can pray is when we pray in tongues. Why? Because when we pray in English, my prayers originate in my brain. My tongue is connected to my thoughts, to my brain. And when I pray that, uh, my my voice gives words to my thoughts. But when I pray that way, as most of us do, I can only pray what I know. I'm limited to my understanding and to my experience. But when I pray in the Holy Spirit, my tongue is connected not to my brain, but to my spirit. And we saw the neuroscience. There's evidence to it. So when I pray, my frontal lobe is at rest. My spirit is praying. And there are no limits to what can happen. The possibilities are endless when we pray in the Holy Ghost. Our frontal lobe is at rest because my spirit is praying. And because God's spirit prays through me, because he dwells in my spirit. Where does God dwell in our bodies? He dwells within our spirit, amen? The perfected part of our our, our Christian walk, that's where God dwells. He dwells within our spirit and he prays in our spirit. And so when, when we're praying in the Holy Spirit, we pray perfectly. He prays the mind and the will of God. It becomes one of the most powerful and distinctive ways that we can pray. He prays the perfect will of God when we pray in the Spirit. So I'm praying perfect prayers in perfect faith. And that's why the enemy attacks praying in tongues so much. It is a devastating weapon. You know, we, we're looking at the, the Russian war, the nuclear bomb threat. That, that's a devastating weapon. We're praying in tongues in the spirit. is like a nuclear weapon. It is a devastating, and the, and the devil knows that he's got to do everything he possibly can to shut up tongue talkers. Because he knows that when we pray, we are praying with our spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit praying the perfect will of God into being. And so he has to focus everything that he can do to stop us praying in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we are a threat to his kingdom when we pray in tongues. And that's why it is the most powerful way to pray, because we pray, God's Spirit is praying the perfect will of God through us. You know, a frail old lady of a hundred years old may be frail physically, But when she prays in the Holy Spirit, how many know that when she's praying in the Holy Spirit, she can do amazing things. Mountains can be moved. The power of God can be released. She is strong. She's a giant in the faith when she's praying in the Spirit. In the natural, she might not be very strong. She can move mountains in the Spirit. So let me close this this morning. And I hope that you will take on board that are some of the things that I've said today, oh, yes. and that you'll really make there. praying in spirit a, a priority. You know, let me just recap. Our hotline to, he- to heaven is done because we are praying uh, in the spirit directly to God. He that prays in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. Miracles and power to witness will happen when we pray in tongues. There's healing that takes place. We are built up and strengthened. We are overcome. And we will walk in victory and be refreshed when we speak in tongues. I want to challenge you to to really set some time aside each day this week. 
Not just to be hearers of the word and so deceiving yourself, but to take this word and put it into practice. Say, I am going to build this into my life. I am going to set aside some time where I'm going to switch everything off and I'm going to get alone with God and I'm going to pray in tongues. You know, I, I, I really would, I, I would recommend that you did half an hour, uh, you know, an hour if, you, if you're feeling, you know, mightily strong. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that we can do, I'm praying for my family every, uh, uh, every day. Uh, this is just an aside from my, my other prayer time. But just before we go to bed at night, we, we're pretty tired. And so we just have this short prayer time. And uh, we pray in the Spirit for three minutes for each of our family members. Um, this is not my, my main prayer. I do that in the morning. But at night, just before I go to sleep, we pray in tongues. We pray the perfect will of God for our family uh, before we go to sleep at night. I would encourage you to do that. Shall we bow our heads in a word of prayer? Father, we want to be on fire for you. We want to be strengthened. We want to know the, the power and the anointing of God. Lord, we want to know the anointing that breaks the yokes and, sh and shatters the fetters. Lord, to set the captives free. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that as we hear the Word of God, that we not just be hearers only and deceiving ourselves, but that we'd be doers of the Word. That we would indeed set aside time this week to spend a, a dedicated pursuit, Lord, as we endeavor to draw close to You. Lord, we want to see the miraculous released in this fellowship. We want to see the power of God released in this fellowship. Lord, we pray for Your anointing and blessing upon each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.